the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Welcome back, everybody. Four minutes after the hour. The phone number is 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. You're more than welcome to give us a call if you have a car question, because now's the time. And I've got help here. I've got Alan Salem, my son. He actually runs the shop at our shop, and he also had does lots of performance work and I must say in advance, even though he's my son and I'm very proud of him, he is a king of vibrations. (laughs) He is the king of vibrations. For whatever reason, he just has that skill to go take a car and, uh, and run it for a while and figure out what the heck is causing the vibration. Let me talk real quick about quality transmission. And quality transmission has been around a long time. Bob and Steve are very honest, and what they're really good at is they're at good at working with the consumer to identify the problem and being able to duplicate the problem. Therefore, they can actually test for the problem because they can make it happen. And that takes a considerable amount of time with consumers and with drivers, men and women alike, in order to get them to figure out how, what's go, what do I do to make this happen. But Bob and Steve are really good at that. And so if you have a question or if you want someone to take a ride with you, if you want somebody to, to, uh, to help you understand the importance of making, finding out what it is that uh, causes this symptom to happen, Bob and Steve are really good. And the hardest part with transmissions is this. Is it a transmission problem or an engine problem? And, and I'm, I'm here to tell you that there's a lot of us that struggle with that question. You have a hesitation, you have a rumble, you have a vibration. You first have to determine if it's engine or transmission related before you're ever going to fix it. And that's where quality transmission comes in. They've been around since 1977. They're on McClintock, north of University in Tempe. Been around a long time, and they're good guys. Okay, let me ask you, what ate your lunch last week? Did you have a Range Rover in that uh, caused you some headaches? Yeah, we had a couple things in last week that... uh that gave us the business. Okay. Um, Start with the symptoms. What the what uh, what happened on the Range Rover? The it had a it had a clunk was the was the main concern, clunk when uh, stopping or going over bumps, and then uh, we brought it in and and uh, we also noticed it needed tires at the same time, so we ended up putting tires on it and some sway bar end links on it. Okay. And uh, it came back with actually two problems, um, the same clunk and a uh and a vibration so we had to work kind of work through those we kind of took them to you know separately at a time we diagnosed the clunk first properly diagnosed the clunk this time and got the uh, lower control arms fixed and then after that we uh worked on the vibration which was brought on by the new tires and that's what really got me because that that was uh that was that was tough that was more of a uh 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 
equipment issue than anything else. I it, it uh, but we we, we got to figure it out and we got it nice and smooth and fixed and okay. good to go. All right. Well, from my perspective, and actually, uh, Doctor Allen, the guy that owns it, him and I had a conversation, right. and he brought it in the first time, and we did some sway bar links, mm-hmm. thinking that was going to take care of it, and he came back and he said, "No, you guys didn't even touch it." Right. Ultimately, I think you credited him that back. Correct. Okay, so you gave him that money back. Right. Then, then the clunking noise. We actually ended up having someone go with the doctor. Correct. And they they learned from him how to make it happen. Right. Once you got it into the shop, were you part of that diagnosis? Uh, not on the arms, no. Okay. Who did that? Uh, Scott and Eddie worked on that. Okay. Eddie's our shop foreman, and Scott's one of our lead technicians. Correct. So Scott and Eddie were able to determine that the the noise that the doctor was listening to had everything to do with the lower control arms. Correct. After that got done, then Eddie and Scott took it out for a drive and verified the clunk was gone. Correct. They did the same testing before. Right. Then you got involved because we had just put brand new tires on that. Correct. But in your defense, let me tell the rest of the folks that we just recently got a brand new tire balancer and a tire installation machine. It's got it's version 42 or something like that. It's a it's the top of the line. It's the most expensive. They're computer operated, and there was one and the and the you said that this this uh, what, what kind of car are we talking about? Uh, Range, Range Rover. Rover. The Range Rover has a wheel assembly with huge uh, lug nut holes on it. Correct. And so we have an adapter, and the adapter had not been completely assembled correctly initially, not by us. That's correct. Okay. So we were using this adapter on these special Range Rover wheels, and as a result, the balance that we did was substandard and terrible. Correct. Yeah, the, uh, the, the adapter wasn't setting all the way into the lug holes. Okay, and allowing the wheel to move on the lug holes. Well, allowing it to not be center, uh, you know, not spin true on the machine. And you knew that because why? Well, I didn't know that for a long time. No, but I mean, <laughs> you figured it out. But you told me that you, you'd spin it, and it would it, it'd say put weight here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there. I would put it on, take it off, and then put it right back on, and it would be completely 100% opposite of what I just did. So we couldn't do a duplication no. of the final balance. Correct. And every other tire, we take the tire, we balance it, we take it off, we can roll it around the shop, <laughs> come up back, put it back on the machine, and it'll still be perfect. Yep. Yep. But this in this case, it changed virtually every time. Every time. So then you took apart this adapter and right. found out something was wrong. Yeah, the, the, the pins that go into the adapters were really loose. Okay. And they weren't, uh, so they had a lot of slop. So that 5 on 120 millimeter bolt pattern could have been all the way out to 5 on 140 millimeter. So it was it was kind of wallered. And the, and, the, and the they're called fingers. The part that goes into the lug nut hole for the balancer wasn't centering in the lug holes, okay. causing it to... Uh, Causing it to be off, and so more than likely, this perhaps this adapter had been passed to us by the vendor, and in re- in reality, that should have been set up a little bit earlier, and we didn't know the difference, and maybe they forgot. It had whatever. been like that since since uh, day one. I, I don't know how it got that way. Uh, I don't know how it got that way. I just I I just got <laughs> frustrated and figured it, was, it had to be something we were doing because uh, okay. I didn't you know nothing on the car was changing, nothing on the tire was changing, so it had to be something we were doing. One of the other things that I think that I, I, I admire that you found was is that we do lots of high-performance tires. Yeah. And so you put a set of tires on some hot rod Mustang, hot rod Camaro, hot rod Corvette, uh, and a couple of hot rod Dodges, and they complain after, what, a week or two weeks that the balance is gone bad. 
Sometimes not even that long. Okay, they yeah. bring it back, and what did you find was going on? We found, many times we found that the actual tire is spinning on the wheel. Okay, and so so what happens is these cars have so much power that when they burn the back tires or burn the front tires, the tire is actually spinning on the wheel. Even though it's fully inflated, it still spins on the wheel. And you figured that out how? Well, it's it's because of the power issue, but it's also the, the um, sometimes just the tires... And the finish on the wheel, if the wheel's got a really smooth chrome on it, and we use a lot of lube to, to, to lube it up to mount it, it, mm-hmm. it's, it continues to stay slippery. So as soon as you pull out of the driveway and do anything over about a 50% stop, it rotates on the wheel, and then instantly we're out of balance. Okay. So, so what's the fix? Um, usually we either do one or two things. If we can mount them dry and, and make sure that the tire doesn't get damaged, we'll do that. Otherwise, we'll just take a sanding wheel and, and, and just... Uh, grind up the bead where the tire sits so it can't spin. Okay, so you're going to mount the wheel all by itself on the tire machine. You're right. going to apply the pedal that's going to spin the wheel. Correct. You're going to take a grinding wheel and you're going to just sand it lightly yep. to give it a kind of a sandpaper finish. Yep. That is is enough to hold the tire. Bo- and you're going to do both beads, the inner and yep. the outer both portion of, of the beads. Yep. And then you're going to use a little lube, if any, as possible. Correct. And that's a lube that dries up. The thing, this is the story that I want you to verify. The lady with the that had you put the blower on her Ford truck so she could beat her brothers. Right. Okay. I understand she spun the rear tires <laughs> almost completely off of her Ford or or moved them quite a distance. The yeah. T- yeah. I mean, we see we see it a lot more than, <laughs> and that's a, that's something that's tough to figure out sometimes. So the lady has a Ford truck, and she she says that her two brothers have faster trucks. Right. She hires you. To put a blower on her truck, right? And I guess that made this truck one big time fast truck. Mm-hmm. And so then she turns around and on their way home, and I guess they live in some outskirts of Phoenix. Yep. On their way home, she the the two of them race, and she beats both brothers. Yep. And so what do they say at that point? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing much, really. They. Did she does loves she, her cars? Does she ever tell them what she's got underneath the hood? Oh yeah, she knows. Okay. Yeah, they know. And what were they driving? If she's driving a Ford pickup, what, uh, what, are they, what were they diesels. driving? Both of them yeah, diesels. Yeah, Duramax. Okay, so did you hop the Duramax up for the brother? Um, no, not the new ones. We haven't. They got okay. new trucks since then, but no. Okay. <laughs> All righty. Well, anyway, um, I'm here to tell you that we make mistakes like every other shop does, and anybody who owns a shop that says that they don't, they don't make mistakes is lying to you. Um, at, at the end of this day, the doctor did call me and told me he was very grateful for the effort that we put forward. He says, when you gave me back the car the first time, it wasn't right, and I knew it wasn't right. But then I looked at the work order, and I saw Andy, which is my daughter and your sister. She had he had she had rebated him. I think it was two hundred and fifty dollars for those those steering links because it was two times a buck and a quarter or two times something like that. Right, and probably some labor. And yeah, yeah. and there was some labor involved there. She had she had credited him back that. And then you fixed the tire balance, and uh, Todd and Scott fixed the lower control arms. But one way or the other, the doctor was really, really happy. Yep, yep. All right, let's go to Matt. Matt, good morning to you. How can we help you? Good morning, guys. Um, good morning. I've, got, I've got a Ford Excursion. It's a V10 2003. Um, when this truck runs down the road just normally, like, um, it, the, the blower works just fine. It comes through the front vents, and everything's good. When I get it up around 70 miles an hour, it transfers and it goes right up through the uh, um, the defrost. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of driving me crazy because 
this isn't the only thing it's doing. It uh, the motor will start. Will I can't get it to do it all the time, but the motor will actually skip or die at that higher speed. And I don't know if it's related, if it's something else. Um, you know, I've I've replaced the throttle position sensor on it. Um, I haven't done. I mean, I did that myself. I didn't. I don't know if you have to bring it into a shop and recomputerize it on a 2000. Well, you you have to synchronize the throttle position center, uh, the throttle position switch with the throttle blades and the idle air control motor. So, okay. um, but if you don't have any check engine lights and everything, for all intents and purposes, is okay, then that means you got it close enough. But that yeah, has it's nothing never to do with. An alarm. I know. Yeah, it's, it's really weird. Okay, but. well, this has nothing to do with the throttle position sensor. We okay. use vacuum from the engine to go through the firewall. And we use vacuum to open and close the blend door to give you defrost the top, center vent is the middle, and floor is the bottom. Yeah. You have a problem in that vacuum circuit. I don't know about right. the blower motor. I think you have two different problems because one can't be related to the other. Unless, of course, that because of the lack of vacuum, the door is closing and you can't hear the blower anymore. And so you're thinking right. the blower is dying when in reality it's blowing air somewhere else. No, so, it's blowing up through the vent. Through the, through okay. The, um, so you need to, you just need to identify where the vacuum line comes from on the motor. You need to follow it through the firewall. You need to follow it to the mode switch, and you need to make sure all of that is intact. Um, the the nipple on the uh, engine intake vacuum that's going to go to that to that line that goes through the firewall. That those orifices um, are often plugged with carbon, and uh, so you have to get a vacuum shop vacuum out. You got to take that off the manifold. You got to clean it all up, and all of a sudden you got good vacuum now, or the line is broken, or there's times that we take that plastic line and we just take a small piece of windshield wiper hose, and wherever it's broken, we just slide an inch on this side and an inch on this side, and put a piece of you know rubber vacuum line on there and fix it. So chances of you fixing this are about slim and none. But the good news is, is most of the time guys are going to fix this for less than a hundred bucks. So um, I'm, I'm thinking you probably should ask for some help. But if you want my advice, this is what you do. You find the vacuum line that goes from the engine through the firewall into the controls to the mode switch. The mode switch is your air conditioning control panel. So you find that vacuum line, and you make sure that it has sufficient vacuum, a good supply of vacuum, and you have to make sure that it doesn't go away. So when you ask for vacuum, it doesn't go to zero. It has a constant and solid supply of engine vacuum. And you probably don't have any of the gauges necessary to test that. But like I said, most of the time it's less than 100 bucks. So as far as the blower motor is concerned, depending on the mileage and stuff like that, and if you're sure the blower motor's quitting, then I would run a power, a little light bulb to the positives and the negative side of the blower motor, and I'd put it in the console next to the, the driver. And then when the blower motor goes out, the question is, is did we drop power or did we drop ground? If we drop power and ground, we got to go fix that first. But if we didn't drop power and ground and the blower quit working, then we're going to replace the blower motor. Now, there's also a, what's that called, that resistor block inside the evaporator case that gives you speed 1, 2, and 3, and then a completely different circuit gives you speed 4. So we have a resistor that's involved blower 1, motor, 2, and 3. Blower motor resistor. Blower motor resistor. And then on four, we have a completely different circuit that just feeds battery voltage to the blower motor. So you have to determine when you have this problem, are you having problems with speed one, two, and three, or is this speed four? That's the big deal. Alrighty, we have lines open, 602-508-0960. We'll be back right after this. You have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive, and his name is Tom Fletcher. 
In 2003, Thunderbird Auto was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004, they won that award. Check them out at the BBB online. They're proud of their A-plus rating. They have ASC certified technicians. They can fix anything with a steering wheel. Thunderbird Auto offers a free cursory inspection, the same as some charge $49 for. They offer a two-year, 24,000-mile warranty on parts and labor anywhere in the country. If you live in the Northwest area, you have two Thunderbird Autos to choose from. One at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird in Peoria, just west of the 101. And one at Mountain View and Reams Road in Surprise. That's just south of Grand Avenue. For more information, see ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. That's ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Visit them at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird in Peoria and at Mountain View and Reams Road in Surprise, just south of Grand Avenue. ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Are you tired of exposing your retirement to stock market risk? How would you like to participate in stock market gains but never stock market losses? Join Dan Bethel for the Safe Money Radio Show Sundays at 8 a.m. You can also call Dan now for your free customized safe information money kit and 115-page safe money book at 877-517-2346. That's 877-517-2346. The 960 The Patriot Career Fair is open to the public. Thursday, May 12th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., located at EVIT, the East Valley Institute of Technology main campus in Building 2, the Culinary Arts Center, 1601 West Main Street, Mesa, 85201. Information will be provided to those interested in learning about careers and job openings in radio and television. There will be opportunities for on-the-spot interviews, so make sure you bring your resume. How to be a great dad in 15 seconds. Bike ride, go fish, walk in the park, phone call, milkshake, play catch, picnic, fly a kite, tell jokes, laugh, talk, read a story, tell a story, bumper car, swing set, bowling, pillow fight, cut loose, stay tight. Because the smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. Take time to be a dad today. Call 877-4DAD-411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. 22 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem. Alan Salem sitting here next to me, and we're going to talk about Kurtz Auto real quick. Kurtz Auto is at I-17 in Bell Road, northeast corner. Kurtz has been around a long time. If you live in that area, may I suggest that you try Kurtz. If you live in that area and you already have a shop, then there's no reason to go to Kurtz. However, if you can't really compare the quality of the work and how they treat you unless you have someone else to compare. So, I suggest you try Kurtz. Have an oil change done. Walk in there and have them change your windshield wipers. Just something to to kind of see what the atmosphere is like. Kurtz is still an old-fashioned guy where his wife takes fresh-baked pastries to new customers within the next week after they come in for the very first time. But he does more than that. He has an excellent staff that can find and fix your car problems, and they're going to stand behind their work, and they're going to be around a very long time. And I can't tell you how many times Kurtz has fixed a car that I have sent to him or I've suggested the person go to him because they live close by to where Kurtz is at, and he actually pulled it off and fixed the car. So it's important to know that these guys are really, really good, and that's Kurtz Auto, I-17 in Bell, northeast corner. Mark, you're up first. How can I help you today? Hi, Mark. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. I've been shopping around for a smaller uh, used pickup truck, and I've looked at a Ford Ranger and an S10. And I was just wondering if you'd maybe share any thoughts you might have about the two of them. 
Okay, uh, I need to know the motors because that okay. really makes the difference. Uh, the Ranger is a 2003, got a three three liter V6. It's an automatic. And it's got 32,000 miles on it. Okay. And the S10 is a 2001 with a 4.3 liter V6. It's got an automatic and it's got 86,000 miles on it. And the air conditioning is not working in the S10. Okay. Uh, you know what? Do you have any? Did you say with... an O3 with 32,000? Yes. Yeah. Wow. I, I think you need to spend the money on a Carfax and get that VIN into Carfax and let's verify that miles. Does it look like it's got 33,000 original miles? Yeah, it does. And I, I drove it last weekend. And okay. because of the low mileage, I actually looked at the Carfax also. And, okay. Uh, and the Carfax shows that that's the emissions test all reflect the mileage and all that kind of stuff, and all that's in order. Wow. Is there a big difference in price? Um, the 2003 Ranger with double mileage is $10,000, and the S10, uh, the 2001 S10 is 7500 All right. Well, let me tell you that I'm leaning towards the Ford. And don't, yeah. tell, don't tell anybody we said that. <laughs> um, but I also want to tell you this. We have 4.3 liters in shuttle bus vans and in parts delivery trucks. And um, we usually replace that 4.3 liter at about 250 to 300,000 miles. So I am a Chevrolet guy, and I, I, even though I drive a Dodge right now, and and uh, those that 4.3 liter has been a monster motor for us. It's been really good. We haven't had any oil consumption problems. We haven't had any, you know, engine knocking problems. We haven't had any coolant or overheat problems. We haven't had any of that. And so I like the 4.3, but I don't think you can overlook the fact that your that air conditioning on that S10 could easily cost you a thousand, twelve hundred, fifteen hundred dollars, depending on what's wrong with it. But you've got this verifiable 32,000 mile Ranger with that V6, um, that three liter V6, which both of us are shaking our heads that we think that's the one you ought to get. I would spend the money to have someone go over it to give you some negotiation posture. Because if they go in and say, hey, the rear brakes are down to 230 seconds and nobody's ever done the transmission service and the coolant is, you know, the protection point instead of 40 below zero is really 10 above zero and your air conditioning is blowing 71 degrees at the vent and, and it really should be 55 or less, that gives you some posture to negotiate maybe down from that 10000 But that used car checkover typically is 75 to $125 at most shops. Mm -hmm. But um, um, we're, we're both going to vote the Ford under the conditions you gave us. Okay. Thank you, thank you very much. All right. Thank Welcome. you very much. Right. Peter, you're up next. Peter, how can we help you? Hi. I just have a question. I've got a 2004 Chevrolet S10 half-ton. Okay. Um, and just wondering how the um, change engine oil sensor works. It just started showing up on my dash oh, a couple weeks ago. Okay. Um, it, it either is tied to a specific amount of miles or they have what they call an algorithm. And the computer keeps track of idle time, cruise time, cold time, hot time, fast time, slow time, all that jazz. And it looks and it applies points and then it turns that light on when we get to the algorithm says we need an oil change. So learn how to, the, the, the turn off is in your owner's manual. Learn how to turn it off, do your oh, oil okay. change, and then monitor what what kind of... Now, this is an older one. You said it's an 04, so that thing's 12 years old. 04. Yeah. Uh, S10. And uh, I'm thinking... I'm thinking that it's probably going to be set up on some three to 5,000-mile interval is my bet. 
And I'm thinking, so, yeah, I guess just check the owner's manual to see how to reset it, or yeah, does it yeah. reset every time? No, you need okay. to reset it every time. Because this is the first time it's ever showed up. Well, I, I can't answer that. Um, if it's if it's change oil, oil maintenance or maintenance light, is it a yellow it's, light or a red light? It's just on the dash in the green LEDs. You know, just on the information that comes up, change engine oil. And okay. you've never how many how many miles did you say? It's got 370. And you've never seen it before? No. How often are you changing the oil? Well, about every five, 7,000 miles. Probably every five, six months, every five or Yeah, but months. see, even if he doesn't, even... even well, yeah, even if he does every 3,000, it's going to show up because it's not going to know that. Because it's not, not going to know it. Yeah. Right. Do you change your own oil? Uh, no, I usually take it in to, uh, like, uh, Tire Pros or... Okay. Well, you need to ask them if they're resetting it, because I want to tell you something. Around my shop, if somebody comes back and that oil light comes on early, I am mad at the technician for not resetting that light. My guys have learned how to reset every light in the world. I mean, there's some silliness here. Honk the horn two times, wave a dead chicken around your your head, and slam the hood twice, and that resets the light. I mean, there's some really stupid stuff out there, but... But it's entirely possible that someone's been re- changing that light for you or resetting that light for you because my guys are going to do that automatically because yeah, they don't want okay. me, you know, getting in their back pocket. So you know what you might try to on a lot of the GMs, turn the key on, pump the gas pedal three times. I think it's it's either three times in five seconds or five times in three seconds, one of the two, and then start the vehicle, and that will usually reset GMs. Um, okay. So try that first, but then it's probably also in your owner's and, manual. And and I'm going to tell you, I want you to just turn the key on, not not start the car, but just turn the key on and pump it five times, one, two, three, four, five, all the way to the okay. floor. Because that will cover whether it's three times yeah. or oh, five yeah, it times. Oh, yeah, it says oil life reset. There yeah. That was easy. All What's right. your address? And I'll just send you a bill. Okay. <laughs> Check in the mail. Check in the mail. No, don't knock that off. <laughs> Especially when you wing it and it comes right off the top of your head. We can't charge for that no, kind of stuff. All right. Well, hey, hey, Mike, you stay there. We'll be right back in three or four seconds. We'll be right back taking care of Mike, and you give us a call if you want. This is Bob Jones, owner of Quality Transmission Service in Tempe. Over the years, we've noticed we get two types of customers. One customer drives into our shop at the first sign of a problem, and the other waits until the vehicle breaks down and has to be towed in. The drivers who bring us their transmissions right away often catch the problem in the early stages while it's still a minor problem. The other customers push their vehicle so the minor problem becomes major. So if you're ignoring the signs that your transmission needs service, won't you stop by Quality Transmission Service today while you have the best chance of getting good news about the repair? The problem won't go away on its own. Find out for yourself why customers love us. Check out our listing on Mark Salem's website, Best Car Repair Shops in Phoenix. At Quality Transmission Service in Tempe, we'd love to make you our customer, but only you can choose which type of customer you'll be. 
Did you know Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons, Tom and Paul, operate Rain Tree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Rain Tree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating, and they're also recommended by GarageFly. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates, and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserate paint, and it's waterborne paint, so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. What if this was the summer where you didn't have to tiptoe around your driveway, pool, deck, patio, or sidewalk because your feet are getting burned? What if you didn't have to put on shoes to walk to your car because your driveway was cool and safe for young children as well? Enviro Rubber Paving will stay cool through the hot Arizona summer. It's affordable, and there'll be no more burned feet. Call Enviro Rubber Paving at 800-919-5945. That's 800-919-5945. Or go to enviropaving.com. Franchises available in the Phoenix area. After a lifetime of paying into Social Security, you need a plan to optimize your benefits. Throughout the Valley, financial advisor and Let's Talk Money radio host Tim Van Houten will be hosting a series of complimentary Social Security classes. Seating is limited. Call now to reserve your spot. 855-795-0716. That's 855-795-0716. Investment advisory services offered through Global Financial Private Capital, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. When I grow up, I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, I want to be a glass countertop in a new home. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's best birthday present. When I grow up, I want to be a football stadium. When I grow up, I want to be a warm place on a cold day. When I grow up, I want to be a fancy backsplash. I want to be a bike that races around the when country. When I grow up, I want to be a bench on a forest when I trail. Grow up, I want to be a rocking chair on when a sunny I up, porch. I want to be a skyscraper. I want to be a... 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 When I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be. Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org. A public service advertisement brought to you by Keep America Beautiful and the Ad Council. Welcome back, everybody. Make sure I got all the buttons pushed. 34 minutes after the hour, 11 o'clock. Mike's the only caller on the line. We have four lines open, 602-508-0960. 602-508-0960. You're welcome to give us a call. Right now, let me tell you real quick uh, about Automatic Transmission Exchange. And why is Automatic Transmission Exchange is on our list is because he serves Central Phoenix and actually Phoenix really well. He's at 40th Street in Washington. He's been around a very, very long time. Phil is a transmission expert, and he's good at the old transmissions of the 40s and the 50s, the 60s, and the 70s. But he can also build you a, a transmission that's going to hold back your 1,000-horsepower sand buggy. If you want a two-speed power glide, he can make that happen as well. If you have a new electronic transmission with solenoids that shift the transmission, he can work on those as well. 
So it, it, it's a matter of finding a good transmission shop that is skilled in the transmission that you're working in. And Automatic Transmission Exchange has been working on transmission since 1968. And there's really nothing out there that you're going to drive that Phil hasn't already fixed. So no matter whether it needs a, just a fluid change or it just needs a diagnosis or it's got a shimmy, Phil at Automatic Transmission Exchange, 40th Street in Washington, he's your guy. Let's go to the phones. Mike, you're up next. Mike, how can I help you? Hey, Mark, how you doing? Good, good. Love your show. Thank you. Hey, um, I talked to you about six weeks ago about uh, I have a Chevy Van 30, 1986. It's got 95,000 miles on it. I couldn't get it to pass emissions at a really high HC levels. Okay. I brought it I brought it into a shop. They changed the spark plug wires, plugs, rotor cap, rotor, all that. You said, Well, that's a great idea. That's that's they're you know, they're hitting two out of three on it. Well I ran it through again and it failed. So finally I took your advice, I called you again, you said find somebody that understands that kind of vacuum system and lines for that year. I found an old guy with gray hair growing out of his ears like you yep. told me. Yep. And he looked at the lines and what would happen, and I told you I'd call you back and let you know. He said the EGR valve wasn't working. So he re-ran the vacuum line on the EGR valve, and the HC went from 637 to 52. Yeah, yeah. And God the, bless and, him. <laughs> and, and that was at idle. And then the, C, the, the HC on load went from 14 to 9 and then the CO went went down another point so you know, right. I mean, he, this thing he knocked it out of the ballpark this thing passed flying colors all right now it, it, does he own a shop uh, let's say he's a shade tree mechanic okay all right I, if he owned a shop I was gonna say let's tell you let's tell folks where the gray-haired guy lives but if he's if he's working you know out of his house and stuff like that I'll, I'll respect that but that that's exactly it when when that's that's when and i'm not i'm not going to be mad at you i i'm very happy for you but but if you would have said to the very first guy with the spark plugs and the wires hey is this a guess or a fix he would have had to admit that this was a guess right. and then and then it's kind of like hey what happens if i spend 2 or 300 dollars on spark plugs and wires and it doesn't fix it not to I mention did. the fact that it's going to cost you another 28 dollars cuz you just used your freebie emissions test to test right. his work so you yeah, got uh, yeah. I threw about three eighty into him, and it still failed. Yeah, and it cost you twenty eight on top of the three eighty for the, the the next test. Right. So um, that that's that's what it's all about. The old guy understood that the EGR valve is going to drop HC and it's going to drop CO, and if we drop CO, where HC is going to follow to some extent. And so if CO is high, HC is high, but the fix is not the HC, get the CO down and the HC will follow it. So we all understand that. But God bless that guy for having enough sense to figure out that that GGR isn't plumbed. And I'll tell you what he did. He, he started the motor up, and then he took his fingers, and he stuck it underneath the EGR valve, and he pushed he up actually, on it. He actually did that. I was yeah. there. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so he knows that the EGR works because when you open the EGR with your fingers, you can't do it with a warm motor because it's really hot. But, mm -hmm. but he opened up the EGR valve, and, and it stumbled the motor, and he goes, okay, it's working. Then he just looked at the fuel or the vacuum line, and he goes, oh, it goes over here to this thermal switch. It doesn't belong here. It belongs at the exactly. bottom of the ported vacuum right over here at the carburetor. So he rearranged the vacuum lines. 
more than likely there's a doggone diagram underneath the hood of that that 30 it's van on the air filter exactly so he yeah. looked at that he plumbed everything in he says see you later i'll bet he was as confident as all get out oh, when he sent you out the door he said 100 percent. yeah he says, you know what he goes he even told me because i'm gonna sleep good tonight yeah yeah <laughs> how much did you pay him 90 bucks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm sorry about the 380 you made that decision but finding the gray-haired guy there that's that just reinforces the idea there's lots of young bucks that are really smart but when you start talking about hc and co a lot of these guys think hc and co is a venereal disease they don't know what that means oh, oh yeah he so they run they run from these things but yeah knows. but anyway i got just real quick you know, this is an RV. It sits a long time, probably 90% of the time. We bring it up in the summer. We do the mountain trips and everything. Mm-hmm. Now, I saw on the Internet, seafoam, you know, no. maybe carbonless motor. I mean, what what is the maintenance on these motors when they're just sitting most of the time? It's a 350 Chevy. Okay. Just use some, just use, what's it called? Stable. Stable. Yeah, yeah. stable in the fuel tank. And, mm-hmm. and, and don't think for a minute that that motor and that generator is going to love you if you start it up and let it run for 10 minutes and shut it off because you're creating water, and that's really bad for the motor. Just leave it the heck alone. Put some stable in the fuel, and, uh, and if you're going to use it, exercise it. Take the horse out of the barn, go run the horse, work it hard, and then put it away after you've, you've lathered it up real good. But don't just sit there and let that generator run or your coach run. It's not good for it. But, and, and all that other stuff is going to take money out of you. And here's the answer. Mark, do you have a motorhome? Yes, I do. Do you use seafoam? No, I don't. What do you do on your motorhome that nobody else does? I just leave it alone, and I use Stabil and the fuel at the right amounts, and that keeps the fuel nice and clean, and I don't have carburetor problems on my generator, on my own generator, and I don't have carburetor problems on my F motor that I have in my motorhome. All righty. Thank you, Mike. Thank you very much. The lines are wide open, 602-508-0960. We'll be back right after this. Hello, I'm Bob Jones, owner of Quality Transmission Service in Tempe. As a kid, I was a Boy Scout, which taught me to live my life by honest principles. Through hard work and dedication to those principles, I earned the rank of Eagle Scout. I started Quality Transmission in 1977 and set out to build the most honest and trusted transmission shop in the area. In 2003, Quality Transmission was given the first Business Ethics Award from the local Better Business Bureau and was presented to me by Steve Forbes of Forbes Magazine. No other transmission shop in the state has earned this award. Quality Transmission is also a charter member of Mark Salem's Best Auto Repair Shops in Phoenix, and we are one of only two transmission shops in the Valley that are AAA-approved auto repair facilities. I ran quality transmission using the principles I learned as a Boy Scout, which means that you can trust us to tell it like it is when you bring your car or truck to quality transmission in Tempe. You have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive, and his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Auto was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004, they won that award. Check them out at the BBB online. They're proud of their A-plus rating. They have ASC certified technicians. They can fix anything with a steering wheel. Thunderbird Auto offers a precursory inspection, the same as some charge $49 for. They offer a two-year, 24,000-mile warranty on parts and labor anywhere in the country. If you live in the Northwest area, you have two Thunderbird Autos to choose from. One at 88th Avenue in Thunderbird in Peoria, just west of the 101. 
and one at Mountain View and Reams Road in Surprise. That's just south of Grand Avenue. For more information, see ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. That's ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Visit them at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird in Peoria and at Mountain View and Reams Road in Surprise, just south of Grand Avenue. ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Attention, this is an investor notice. Are you interested in making some extra cash buying real estate tax liens? Then listen to this. The Government Tax Lien Network is offering a free tax lien kit with two DVDs and a step-by-step report that will show you how to earn guaranteed returns between 15 and 35% yearly, which is completely secured by the government. They'll even show you how to do this inside your own retirement accounts. So if you're looking to become a real estate investor without risk, then call 1-800-571-2568 now to get your free tax lien kit. Then get ready to buy tax liens for pennies on the dollar and houses for as low as $500. All from your home with little or no money. Working only 5 to 10 hours per week. Call 800-571-2568 to get your free tax lien kit plus two free tickets to a live training event which includes a free meal coming to the Phoenix area. Call 800-571-2568. That's 800-571-2568 for your free tax lien kit now. Individual results may vary. Patriot app tip number three. Listening to Seth Liebson from 6 to 8 and want to chime in? Open your Patriot app, click the upper left-hand corner, and click on Call Studio. It's that easy. Download the Patriot app at your app store today. Welcome back, everybody. 44 minutes after the hour, 11 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem. Alan Salem sitting here next to me. He's the performance and vibration guru and uh, he runs that aspect of our business. But I want to talk to you about Larry Harker's Auto at 38th Avenue and Indian School, who's been around since 1967. Bob, who's the technician, and Ellen, his wife, runs the front office, is a, a pair that you, you just couldn't do a better job. Ellen understands cars really, really well, knows what questions to ask you, knows how to diagnose stuff and how to get you to help diagnose stuff, which saves you money. But Bob is a great diagnostician. So if you live anywhere near 38th Avenue and Indian School, from north of there, three, four, five miles, south of there, three, four, five miles, from I-17 to the east and all the way to the 101 to the west, there's not another Mark Salem shop in that area. And you know why? It's because they can't pass the muster. The fact of the matter is, is Larry Harker's been on our list for years and years and years, and they deserve it. So if you're in that area, 38th Avenue and Indian School, and you're looking for somebody to help you diagnose your car, may I suggest Bob? at Larry Harker's Auto. Let's go to the phones. Bruce, you're up next. How can we help you? Hello again, Mark. I've talked to you before. Um, trailer tires, you have talked quite at length about, and I've enjoyed every one of them. But anyway, I am just acquiring a trailer that I had to order to haul my gold wings. Okay. I have a 04 trike, a champion sidecar trike, and a 05 two-wheel version. Okay. And my, my question comes about, Tire speed ratings on FT-rated tires. 65 miles an hour, and when you go 70, you're going to blow them. How's that? That's what you tell me every time. Now, the reason I'm calling is because when you go to the tire manufacturer, whether it be Carlisle or any of the others on their FT tires, they're saying that they are different speed ratings, like age-rated, which I think is 83 miles per hour, at max limit, max air pressure. Um, Where do you stand on that? Well, you know, all you got to do is just drive up the 87 on your way to Payson and look at the road between uh, Fountain Hills and and Suora Lake and then look at the road between Suora Lake and, and Lake Roosevelt. 
I don't need to answer anything more than that. It's littered with with uh, trailer tires. You so, do, though, because there's two factors that I haven't taken into account on those carcasses that are on the side of the road, and that is, A, the age of the tire. Okay. B, B whether or not the driver had the trailer loaded correctly. And lastly, whether or not they had maintained that tire with air pressure, et cetera, et cetera. You're right. You're throwing in variables. But but I I just talked to a friend of mine whose sons race motorcycles professionally, and they were coming down the 25, and he says they blew every tire on the trailer. And and I said, how fast do you think they were going? He goes, I know that they were doing 76. And I said, are they SD tires? And he goes, yeah. And I said, okay, well, we don't need to talk much anymore. That's all there is to it. If you want, if you want to run your Goldwing trailer faster, then put a P metric or put an LT tire on there, and you're going to have to. The, this guy, this friend of mine who called me on my cell phone, he's got a 6,000 pound trailer. He's got four tires. Well, we we, we, we need 1,500 pound tires, and and Alan's job was to find a 1,500 P metric tire, but we didn't know how much fender clearance because he's putting new axles underneath it because he's got torsion bar axles and one of them's bad. So we're waiting okay. for him to get us the trailer after he puts the new axles on it. Then we can determine if we can go a size bigger or a size smaller. We're going to determine, and we're going to basically give him four P-metric or four LT tires that have at least 1,500 pounds so that he can run 75 with this stupid trailer. That's the plan. So I haven't changed my mind, but I will grant you that the age of the tire and the fact, well, and this guy here, I'm not even going to use his name, but he had, he admits that it's a 6,000-pound pound trailer uh, the gross that's that's the trailer plus its load cannot exceed six thousand he's thinking it might be eight thousand pounds with right, the motorcycles there. So that's, yeah that's well the fact that that's illegal and if you want to run you want to run a six thousand pound trailer at eight thousand pounds and the trailer comes loose or the tire comes loose and somebody dies that lawyer and that that, that dead person's family is going to take your house and your cars and everything else because you're not yes, allowed to do that and you're not allowed to put 10,000 pounds of tires under a 6,000-pound trailer. You're not allowed to do that. So, I mean, on my truck, I have 33,000 pounds of tires under a 26,000-pound truck. I'm not going to haul. I'm not going to haul 33,000 pounds, but I'm going to make doggone sure when I'm hauling 26 that I don't have tire problems. Bingo, you're correct. So, um, so what the tire manufacturer is saying and saying that they're rated for 83 miles an hour given perfect conditions, well, you're saying discount tag and go 65. All I'm telling you is, is get on the Internet and just say, what does ST mean on the side of my trailer tire, and what's the speed rating for an ST tire? You'll find plenty of evidence there that it says it's 65 miles an hour. I don't care what the salesman at Carlisle says. I don't care what the rest of them say. I'm a tire expert in Superior Court, the state of Arizona, Federal Court, the state of Arizona, for insurance companies and law enforcement about tires, not tire construction, but tire maintenance and tire wear and all those attributes. I've been certified as an expert. So I'm a little better than the Carlisle salesman that's trying to sell you tires and bragging about his speed rating. So anyway, i got to go, but thank you for bringing that up, Bruce. Dave, you're up next. Dave, how can I help you today? Hi, Mark. How are you doing? Good, good. Good. Um, I have a couple questions. Um, first one, I've, I know you've talked about it lots of times. Um, on my old Pontiac, I have power windows, okay. But when you roll them down, they go down fast. Uh, but if you go to put them up again, they just go real slow and they stop pretty much. Okay. Um, so I think I'd be out. taking the door panel off 
and um, yeah. I'd probably wash out the inside of the door with water and make sure the drains are okay on the bottom, and then I'd probably squirt the scissor uh, regulator. I'd probably squirt some uh, WD-40 on some of the pivot points, and I might clean out the slot where the rollers go, and I'd probably spray that with some white lithium grease, and I'll bet you can speed that baby up. Now, if you can't speed it up and you can disconnect the motor and you can lift it up with your finger, lift the window all the way up, and then drop it all the way down, if, you, if that movement is nice and smooth and you still have the problem, then the motor has to just simply be worn out, and, and really we, have, we still have motors for your old Pontiac. Okay, okay. Um, my second question is you just talked to a gentleman about an RV. Um, my mom just lost her husband about three weeks ago, and they have a, an old RV that's been sitting for about 12 years. Um, and I, I have to believe that there's still gas in that tank, um, but I'm just having problems getting rid of it. Do you know of any places that might buy, like, older RVs in the it's, – it's a 93 – but it's got a low mileage uh, drivetrain on it. What brand is but it? It's a Dutch Star. Okay. Um, I think you should call Derek at Sun City RV and talk to him. Okay. Derek at Sun City RV and talk to him. As far as getting rid of the old gas is concerned, I'll tell you what we do. If you have, we have lots of cars and trucks. We have a rental car fleet, and we have lots of shop trucks and cars. When we get old gas like that, I'll put a gallon, I'll fill up the shop truck and I'll put a gallon in that. And then I'll fill up my wife's car and I'll put a gallon in that. And then if my son's not acting up, I'll put just one gallon in his gas car. But if he's acting up, I'll put five gallons in his. We've also found a place that picks it up. We have to pay him to do it, but now they'll pick it up. The stuff that we pump out that's too dirty or too filthy. And you're talking more likely the the diesels that fill up accidentally with gasoline. Yeah, they'll pick up either one. Okay. But uh yeah, it's about it's about 125 bucks uh, for like a 55 gallon drum. Correct. Wow. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that's going to be transferred to the customer. Correct. But in your particular case, depending on how much you have, I think a gallon every fill up on some of your gas vehicles, that old gas is going to be just fine. I don't. I would just make sure that the vehicles at three quarters or higher, and put a gallon, maybe a gallon and a half. That's about it. And then run that tank down, and then do it again. But I think you can get rid of it that way, and you won't have any problem. The worst it's going to do is cost you a filter somewhere down the road, and that's going to be pales into comparison to the $125 Alan's talking about. All right? Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. You betcha. Thank you very much for calling. Jeff, you're up next. Jeff, how can I help you today? Hey, Mark. 2001 Ford F-250 V10 automatic transmission, 70,000 miles. Okay. It's white, too, by the way. Okay. Because um, I do live in Gilbert. But I have an airbag light that's on, and the airbag light, when you start it, flashes four, then six, and repeats that cycle four and six. I've disconnected the battery for the internet, and I can't find that particular code. What should I do? Um, It's telling you that the woman sitting next to you is an airbag, and then you need to get her out. (laughs) Well, I put the key in and turned her off, and it didn't. It did, still flashes it did, like that. It still flashes like that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not your wife? No, it's not my oh. wife. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, I, I know who this is. I, I, she's more like a war hawk. Do, do you know who this airbag. is? I, yes. Yes, yeah. I do. Unfortunately. Oh, no. 
You know, when did you get out of prison is all I want to ask you. I'm still in prison. It's oh. a payphone. i got to oh. put it under quarter and hang on. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay, put it in. Okay, go ahead. Um, the, the, it's going to be a clock spring. Yeah. Does, does it ever happen when you turn the key on that the airbag light isn't on, but in the first five minutes of driving it comes back on? Uh, no, it flashes the codes and then it stays illuminated after it cycles those codes about three times. Turn signals work and cancel. Okay. In fact, you can hear them right now as they should. Corn, uh, cruise control, all that stuff works. All right. It, I, I'm not familiar, although I've been wrong before, but I'm not familiar that the, uh, counting the flashes on the, uh, airbag light means anything. It, it is true that we used to, in the early stages of OBD1, which was 96, that we used to count the flashing lights and that would give us the code. But that was done underneath the hood. And right. it wasn't done underneath. It wasn't but looking at the at the dash. So I could be wrong, but I'm quite sure that if you'll stop by the shop, this kid next to me will plug in a scanner and tell you exactly where your why your airbag light is on. And it's probably because of the clock spring, which is underneath the steering wheel. And the clock spring is just a flexible cord that allows you to turn left and right and maintain continuity. And it's that's gone. Now, because of all the aggravation you've caused my family over the years, I'm going to tell you now that we're going to triple the cost of the clock I was just going to say, for a nominal <laughs> fee. For a nominal fee, it's going to cost you three times the normal amount a that every other person. Fee. And, Wait, and, and then it's And it's and we're going to ding you $100 for driving a white Ford into our shop. So basically, it's the same charge as always. Yes. <laughs> for you, it is, yes. I see. And, and if you bring your Jeep back to us, we'll get you there, too. <laughs> now, aren't yeah. you involved in a cigar bar? Yes, I am. In fact, I'm waiting for tomorrow so I can go down there and hang out and do my shift down there. Okay, and so this is where, well, there's, and this is what I, I, I lovingly say, this is the, the safest place in all of Phoenix because <laughs> this cigar bar where you go and you, you, you have a beer and you, you have a thousand different varieties of cigars, um, is patronized by police officers, so it's going to be the same. It's going to be likely well, that no one's going to go in there figuring that they're going to roust everybody. You, yeah, that would be the biggest mistake they could ever make is to rob our place because <laughs> there's a pretty good majority of partners in this bar that are retired cops, and uh, there's a pretty good amount of patrons that are active cops. So yeah, and, it would be it would be like that commercial with with the gunny where the guy robs the diner and it's like the FOP convention. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> no. So there's probably a hundred times more bullets in the, in, in the bar, in the pockets of all these retired guys than there are possibly that he can walk in with. You are correct. And we probably just ought to open a gun store instead. You know, we have the same amount of guns in there. <laughs> okay. Well, did you want to tell us where this cigar bar is? Yes, we're at the corner of Dobson and Elliott, the southeast corner. It's called the Yard Cigar Bar. Uh, that term bar, we're, we're just a beer and wine place, but we specialize in premium cigars. And it's a very comfortable place. Actually, women come in and enjoy it. We have a giant patio. and uh, Okay, hold it's, What's the cheapest cigar? Two bucks. And what's the most expensive? What's the big dog? $19. Oh, boy. All right. Well, Alan is—he wants the dollar fifty-one, and um, we and can I, have one. I'll, yeah. I'll give him the the family and friends discount. Yeah, I bet you will. We'll give you the same on your truck, Jeff. Thanks very much, but I got to run. Anybody right, else? The you. cigar bar, the, the yard. It's the yard. Yeah, the yard. 
or the yard bar? Cigar yard bar yeah, or something. something like that. It's on the northeast corner of Dobson. And Just Elliot. give him Jeff's cell phone number. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Mark at MarkSalem.com. That's my email address, Mark at MarkSalem.com. If you have any car questions Monday through Friday, you can always email me. I answer the your your uh, email personally. If you'll leave me your cell phone number, I'll call you from my block cell phone number, and we'll talk. We'll see you next week. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.